decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, is real. And the way we will play with Maryland Pride. He's gonna go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Dominant, just like we all predicted, right? What a difference a coach what? makes. Final what a difference, like, 36 hours makes, right? I mean, we were talking a very different thing about this team just a couple, you know, a couple days ago when we recorded our last hit. And now, uh, again, you know, obviously St. Louis and, and Miami are, are quality basketball teams. I think all the evidence shows that's the case. They're not, they're not Tennessee and UCLA. You go and beat those two, maybe you're talking a whole different level of expectations. But certainly, you got to feel pretty damn good about this, right? I mean, this is a very, you know, that, that 5-0 and looks pretty good right now, given the uh, state of the competition. Really good. And the Big Ten overall is playing better than expected. Illinois, Michigan State in particular, and, uh, and Maryland, of course, and others as well. The conference that every, everybody thought might be a little bit of a down year might not be so down. Well, like you said, it makes you wonder uh, whether you get a situation like last year where there might not be a, a super elite top five level team in the Big Ten, but you just got a lot of really good teams that are capable of going out of conference and really making a name for themselves. And I, yeah. I kind of wonder where this is one of those situations, but I mean, we'll have to, you know, we still got quite a ways to go before we start making those judgments. Nobody wants to hear about that though. You want to hear about dominant Kevin Willard led Terps five games, double digit wins, really never challenged. They have not been challenged for a realistically any real stretch of any game yet. No, I mean, the first three, it's not shocking, even though in previous years we know we've seen those kind of games, Niagara, whoever else, where they, you know. They get a little hairy. A little eight-point win or whatever it might be. Uh, but it's really unbelievable. I mean, I knew he was a good coach. I knew they would be improved. Uh, for him to do what he's done with basically the same players, I mean, you had Jameer Young, 
Donald Carey, a few other guys, but the core is pretty much the same. They're asking in the chat, where do they think Maryland will be ranked? I think they'll be ranked. They look like a freaking top 10 team. You're, you're dismantling solid tournament teams. That puts you in like top seed territory. Like only top seeds do that. So you're talking like yeah, top I'm not that far No, I'm not saying that's what they will be the entire year, but that's what they just did and what they just yeah. looked like. They look like a top 15 team. They do, but I think – we know so much of the rankings is where it started when they started from starting not only unranked, but so far from even receiving votes. Right. That generally you're not going to make that kind of jump unless you upset a highly ranked team. So I think they get in and it'd be in that 23 to 25 range is my guess. Cause they'd be, they've, they've dominated a couple good teams, but they don't, it's not like they've knocked off the top 10. Yeah. Um, but dominated. I mean, yeah. Like not even St. Louis, they beat them by freaking thirty points. My God! Yeah, yeah voters, I voters look at the numbers next to the name, so some will take notice. You know um, that stretch coming up. That's when they'll have a chance to to really rise up in the rankings. That stretch of uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, UCLA, Tennessee, four games in a row. That's where you'll have your chance to to really jump up. Yeah, and, and frankly for me, just, just being able to crack the top 25 right now, just to have that kind of little number next to you, you know, with you just copping state this week, you know, a way to kind of get through the holidays and kind of set yourself up. You might even move up a little bit because other teams are playing top teams in some of these uh, holiday tournaments and stuff and dropping out. I don't care whether they're actually the, you know, top 20 or top 15 team in the country. I just want that little number and get them that you want to start seeing those like Kevin Willard's ahead of schedule stories. You know, you want to build that buzz, build that juice back up a little bit. Even if you hit that tough stretch in December and maybe go two and two or one and three, that's fine. Right. You know, you can live with that. But like, once you start getting a program's name in these guys heads, right. When it gets close to, you know, when you're on the fringe of the rankings or like when you start kind of getting close to tourney time, they remember you were in there. So, like, it sounds like something that doesn't matter. And it's like just kind of like, you know, whatever these nerds think or say or or do. But like, it does matter in the way that you're covered as a program. And I think that's important. So I don't care how they get in. Just get in. I care. Like 2014, 2015. Mellow Trimble's first year, there was no, there were no expectations really, you know, they were picked probably around where they were picked this year. Mellow comes in, they get off to a red hot start and suddenly the magic is back among the fan base. Same thing. Then the excitement had completely died among the fans because they hadn't made the tournament in Turgeon's first three years. Uh, you know, the only difference is the new guy is not Mellow. It's not a player. It's Willard. Right. But it's the same exact kind of vibe to me as there was in that season. So, And honestly, I think you'd prefer in a way for it to be a coach and not a player because the players come and go. But Willard ain't going anywhere. So in a way, you kind of hope that it's like, hey, this guy, this guy can coach. Right. Like this guy's not going anywhere. This is where he wants to be. And he's good. Like that's what you want to get back. Like college programs are about the coaches, man. That's just always the way it's been because the players come and go, but that dude's going to be here for a while. So I'm fine with that trade if that's the way this goes. But, you know, like I said, you, you'd like to think that they make their way in the rankings. I think a lot of the 
again, when they say coaches ranking, it's more SIDs. But as people do look at the numbers, right, they look at Torvik, they look at Ken Palm, they look at stuff like that. And Maryland is rocketing up those numbers right now. You want me to pull it up? I can show you guys. I think they bumped up to 23, but go ahead, Larry. They did. They, they bumped to 23 in Ken Palm. And, Did they start the season? Uh, it's like 58th, something like that. So here is their schedule. Look at this projected record, 22 and 9, 12 and 8. Um, That's a change. Big <laughs> it, was, it was 18. No, I, you guys – Picked them to win 12 in the Big Ten, right? Everybody had that. Yeah, yeah, we all did, right? It was 18 before that. And then here's the Big Ten conversation. It was up to fifth now. Uh, projected to go 12 and eight, a game out. Now, here's the cool part. Torvik, they're 16th in the country. 19th. 19 on Torvik. And 23 wins. 13 and seven. Now, watch this. 13 and seven means... Tied for the regular season Big Ten title. <laughs> How crazy would that be? Yeah, it's wild. And, and and obviously, I don't I don't know whether they can keep this up or not. Maybe they can. Maybe they don't. But oh, no, they can't keep this. Right, yeah. right. But I mean, I I just think if you're if you're a Maryland fan, like I think just about most of us were saying beginning of the season, just get into the tournament. Right, like that is that is a a gettable quality goal for the season get in the tournament just to kind of reestablish that we're maryland we're here this is what we do uh, and i i feel like they certainly look like they're well on that way uh and well closer to that type of goal than i think we would have thought uh, another thing coming that, the season. that i noticed it's very interesting look at this game right here ucla they're favored over ucla yeah. now 54% chance to win against UCLA, a top 10 team. Well, UCLA could end up losing two this weekend. If they, I, I'm right. not sure when they play Baylor today. Um, yeah. But uh, one of those teams is going home with two losses, and those are two top 10 teams. So, right. um, you know, having UCLA at home and Tennessee in a neutral site that's going to feel like home, you know, those are games you start to look at and maybe kind of shake your head and say, oh, no, right? You know, Illinois, tough Obviously, probably top team in the Big Ten. They're at home too, right? But so favorite in that, yeah. As well, I mean, if you can get if you can get past, you know, you got Coppin State at home, which is a gimme. Sorry, Juan. And then you're going to Louisville, who's been absolute dog shit. Um, so if you don't blow that somehow, you know, you're going to feel pretty decent about maybe splitting that four game stretch in December, and and that would be a total win for me if you're just looking at, you know, game, you know, kind of season-long expectations, right? Yeah. The crazy thing is the little number 21 next to offensive efficiency. Like, we, we knew they'd be good at defense. That's his calling card. But, you know, the calling card was kind of the rock fight, Turgeon-style defense without the offense. Number 21, you know, offensive efficiency is shocking based on, again, same personnel as before, lack of depth, we thought. You know, Julian Reese, a raw sophomore, being your only true big man. And the offense has been incredible. I mean, to put up 80-plus back-to-back games in this event, no one could have guessed that. Shooting the ball better from three. Uh, Dante Scott has been all Big Ten caliber player. If he keeps it up anywhere near this rate. And, again, 
they're not going to keep up at this rate because you're going to start playing better teams. Those teams are going to start wearing you down. Your depth in the post is going to start to get challenged. So it's not going to stay like this. But but uh, Emilien has done has been very serviceable. Like not dominant, obviously, but given pretty good minutes and effort. Like I don't feel bad when he's on the court. He's a good defensive scrapper. Yeah, blocks every game. He's athletic. He's one of those glue guys who doesn't, you know, he doesn't think he's anything that he's not. And I'm a broken record, but Jahari long to me. Really good. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much you really lose when he's in the game for Jameer Young. He's not the scorer that Jameer Young is, but he's definitely more of a distributor, has more size. You know, he every it seems like every game he's got three assists and one turnover in 10 minutes and a steal. And so he's good. You know, the bench the rest of the bench, uh, Ian Martinez, I think has been pretty good. He hasn't shot great, but he's brought some of that dynamic athleticism off the bench that we knew he's had. Everybody, a lot of people gave up on him after last year. And now you're seeing that that, you know, that was premature, obviously. Uh, so the bench has been clearly better than anyone could have expected. Um, and then Hakeem Hart's been, I mean, he's just so efficient. The guy just, he only takes high percentage shots. Two or three times a game, he gets an easy basket or free throws, cutting to the basket. He's a great cutter. I mean, he's constantly cutting to the basket in the right spots. Julian Reese's defense has gotten worlds better, stays on the floor, keeps his position, doesn't jump and get cheap fouls, wasn't in foul trouble in each in either one of these games. Offensively, he's been good. So you're starting to see that top 50 ranking starting to shine through. I think some people questioned that after he struggled last year. Uh, Don Carey shot the ball well. You know, he was two for 14 from three heading into the weekend. He was uh, eight for 19, two games. Didn't take a single two. How's that 19 shots and zero two? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's his role, you know, that's his yep. role. Yeah. And so this, this here, Jeff, that I'm sharing, you guys can see this is the stats from the, the two games combined. Yeah, and that's interesting because it shows you've got a solid eight-man rotation. You can win in the Big Ten doing that. And it's not that, you know, Long, Martinez, and Emelian are just getting, like, you know, 10 minutes a game. Like, they're playing not starter minutes, but they're playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. So, so the guys who are, you know, if you can get – if you can get only, you know, if you are only got 25 minutes a game from Jameer – like That's he's really going to be good. fresh at the end of games when you need him to, right? We yep. need him to be able to take care of the ball, hit some free throws, do stuff to close out games, right? That's important stuff. Like, and I think again, throw away the first three games, but these stats right here are going to give you a pretty decent idea as to what you're looking at. A lot of spread out scoring. And if Dante can be the guy who can get you a bucket when you need one, and he sure looks like it. Cause it's not like he's just draining threes at an unmakeable rate. He's, you know, being able to put it on the floor, get down there, that little baby hook he's got. Where the hell has that been in my, my whole life, right? Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's unstoppable from within eight feet for a guy who's, you know, six, seven, maybe. It's, he just seems like a different guy with a different attitude, a different body. And we should enjoy him while we have him because, I mean, he's he's been a whole lot of fun to watch. Look at those rebound numbers. Let me just read them for people who might listen to this. Dante Scott, 6.5, Akeem Hart, 4, Donald Carey, 5.5, Jameer Young, 4.0, Julian Reese, 6.0, Patrick Emelian, 5.5. That's crazy that you have six guys contributing, and they dominated today. 
rebounding wise. It was well, the offensive glass, especially, right? Yeah. I mean, and and I think I think part of that is uh, you know, again, I'm not, you know, friggin' red hour back or anything, but it seems like if they're gonna be a team that's gonna at least pressure a little bit, they are gonna crash the offensive boards. They're not gonna rush to get back, and they haven't played a team that really likes to break yet. So we'll see whether that holds up, but I would assume Jeff in the Big Ten, they're going to face a lot more teams that are not going to be super fast, you know, North Carolina secondary break type teams. So these might hold up a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll get exploited at times. If Reese gets in foul trouble, it's inevitably going to happen at some point. Yep. You're going to be in trouble sometimes. Emelian is a nice, scrappy, Boom Osby style, not as good maybe, but similar style kind of glue guy, but you don't have anybody else, any other six, nine, six, 10 guy off the bench. So, but I think the, you know, how well spread out those rebounding numbers are just shows that's another tribute to Willard. You know, he's, when you have that guy, that many guys rebounding to me, that points to effort, you know, everybody's chipping in, everybody's sliding over the help defense has been unbelievable. Um, so, you know, they all rebound collectively. I mean, that's to have, what's that? Four guys, five guys at four rebounds or more. Uh, that's six guys. Pretty- Six guys. So that's to me, that's just an effort thing. And, and the effort is there on every play. They had a lot of turnovers in this game. That was the first time that that's really yeah. been an issue. But um, it's never been you, you never see back to back bad shots. There were a few rush shots. Jameer Young, I thought, took some rushed, ill advised shots, but you're not seeing a bad shot and then nobody gets back on defense or things like that, or a bad turnover and then a bad foul or whatever. It's just, that's just not happening. Those kind of mistakes just isn't, isn't there. The reverse is happening where they're causing the other team to make bad turnovers and they're running down the court and turning it into quick points where it used to happen to Maryland all the time. Now Maryland is doing it to the other teams. Yeah, and I, I think if you want to pick nits a little bit today, I mean, obviously there were a lot of turnovers. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, 18 maybe today. It, it was too many is what it was. But at the same time, they won the game by 18 points. So, you know, and a lot of those turnovers were just kind of lazy passes and things that just, you know, maybe a little bit of fatigue from playing two games in a row. I don't know. But you'd like to think that's the type of thing that if you know anything about Willard, the way he's acted so far – he's probably going to spend most of tomorrow drilling these guys about those lazy passes on the top of the key. And that shit ain't going to never happen again. I guarantee you the first thing he said in the locker room. Yeah. We know congratulations on the championship. Nothing. Great job, Dante. I bet he started, I bet he started cussing about the turnovers. Yep. Yep. Turgeon won one tournament, right? Was it, didn't he win one in Puerto Rico? Like Mellows versus the Atlantis thing was that the um, something was that the the Hurley game where there he was like yes, tossing yeah, yeah. tables over. And but I was just thinking like <laughs> that's all he that's the only trophy he ever got was that one preseason tournament right? No 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 three way tie first place was there. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Oh the regular season Big Ten title my fault he did yes obviously and and blowing that you know what two game outright lead with four games left. I'm just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't want again. I it's. it's I don't want. I don't. Stuff, isn't it? Right. I don't want to be that. You want to, it's not because you're going out of your way to hate on Turgeon. It's just there's no way not to compare what's happening now with what happened before, and it's such a stark contrast. It's hard to avoid 
making the comparison. Or for a lot of fans, they do just want to hate on Turgeon. We have a lot right. of and, people. And, and that's fine. I, again, I, I'm with you. And it, But, like, again, it's hard to talk about this team without referring to what we have seen over the past 10 years. It's just impossible to do. I don't mean Turgeon all that bad. I'm, I hope he goes and does whatever he's going to do. But um, they, they the differences are stark. They yes. played that one tournament that was at like a junior college in Florida. Did they win that or was, did they lose to St. Bonaventure? Someone someone corrected me in the chat. Yeah, they, they, they won that a, too. Quite yeah. a few preseason. Like the, but the competition Jackson wasn't very good. State, technical yeah. training college. For yeah. Us. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Florida, Florida panhandle, you know, alligator, you know, cup or something. And then the idea, I think the Atlantis tournament at least. But, you know, nobody nobody's in those tournaments. I mean that was the other yeah. thing. Like you, you, you'd like to, you'd like to like get an idea of to how good your team is. Like obviously, if you're going to go in and you're going to play in a tournament like uh, you know the one that UCLA and Baylor and all of them are in right now, beating each other's brains out. If you're not that level of team, maybe that's not going to help you a whole lot. This tournament seems perfect for Maryland just because you feel like they're a bubbly type team. You're playing other bubbly type teams or tournament teams and you kind of can match up against teams that are kind of about your level and maryland certainly has shown that maybe they're not their level maybe they're well above their level and we need to start readjusting our expectations uh even though it's only five games in so you don't want to get too far over your skis but it's really hard to not watch what we've watched and think hey these boys are getting to the tournament like now we get to talk about yeah, now we can talk about how what kind of we can go from there. Well, there's a lot of people in the chat room. I just want to quickly say thank you guys for joining. Please do us a favor, subscribe to the channel. One very good point from someone, a lot of messages, everything. So uh Nmonic, or is it mnemonic? Is it meant to be? Is that a clever way of saying mnemonic? Anyway, we still haven't played anyone with a dominant big man. Good point. Very good point. I would counter with how many dominant big men are there in college basketball. The Big Ten has them all right now. I mean, doesn't the Big Ten have? You like got most that. Of them? You got that big like seven four donk at Iowa, right? And then you've got um, you got Hunter Dickinson. You got Tracy Purdue, Jack, Jackson Davis. Jackson Davis. Zach Eady. Yes. Yeah. So but you are going to. It's not going to have to be a dominant big guy to test them. It's just going to have to be a bruising six ten dude who averages ten points and seven a game. Who yep. might get in some trouble? Michigan State is going to be brutal on the inside too. I haven't too. seen a lot of those guys, and you can't expect Reese to hold down the fort. You know, as young and still, he, he's gained weight, but still pretty thin as he is. He's not going to be able to hold yeah. it down by himself all year. Naki, you know, I asked him last week about the seven footer, the, the kind of raw Canadian kid, Caleb Swan Rogers. His take is that he's not ready, which seems very apparent by the fact he's not even getting any garbage minutes. Yeah, pretty much going, but they haven't really had to use Dante Scott, you know, as a backup five yet. So that's good. That'll that's clearly going to happen during Big Ten play. Uh, But Reese Reese's improvement is huge. I mean, he's a different guy than last year, and he's he's making interior post moves too, not just like not just. He's got a nice little baby hook too that he's developed. Like he had a bunch of them today. Yeah, and he's He's up and unders and things. Yeah, his, his his. Kickout passing has been good too. He's had a few. I can remember two: one turnover today, and one a few games ago where he threw it away against a double team. Otherwise, his passing out of the post has been really good too. He's finding the open man. Uh, so you know, 
he's taken that same jump that we've seen Sticks take and we've seen Bruno take and we saw Len take all between the freshman and sophomore years. Like yeah. it's it's night and day. And you know, he doesn't I'm not sure he needs to be like all Big Ten level good. He just needs to be good and stay out of foul trouble. If you're getting, you yeah, know, tw- yeah, yeah, that'd be great. You know, if, if he's getting 25, 30 minutes a game where he can stay on the floor and play well, Maryland would be just fine. It's always felt like your hope for him is that he could be, as a sophomore, he could be freshman sticks, and then as a junior, be sophomore sticks. Because, you know, Jalen Smith, because Reese was a highly rated recruit, but he was not Jalen's. Jalen Smith was like yeah. five-star caliber. He's top 50, so you can't expect the same thing. But he's pretty much on that exact progression arc assuming they get him back next year you never know and uh, reese is young too right he didn't he didn't take the extra year in high school did he no i think he's 19 yeah yeah a lot of lot of positive things to think about and then next year's class coming in just well i was gonna say that's the interesting thing now they have they really these first five games <clears throat> i bet you they do some recruiting during the next week with only the Coppin State game, they've got a lot to sell right now, not only in the style they're playing and how they're dominating, but also, you know, show people what Dante Scott did. There's no guy like Dante Scott on next year's roster. You can come in and be that guy. You know, they got time, they got time to sell, man. I yeah, mean, they got time at the four, time at the time at the five. Jamie Kaiser's more of a two, three-ish, maybe three, four, but Scott is a little more of a front court guy. So they got, they can say Hakeem Hart. We don't have anybody necessarily. I mean, Kaiser again is coming in, but they can point to all these guys. I don't know about guards. I mean, it it already was going to be a hard sell with guards because you had Kaiser and Deshaun Harris Smith coming in. And now. Well, and and, pretty good. Well, and you can't obviously expect somebody to come in and play point guard four years after Aunt Cowan's graduated. So. (laughs) You know, yeah, it's just a forever right. thing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no chance Reese comes back. I mean, it's just, there's no way to guess at this stage. Yeah. But if he goes, see how he's, he probably doesn't even know if this. Here's, well, here's the dream scenario. If he has a great season, there's a real chance that he's gone, though. He's gone. Know. Here's the dream scenario Queen reclasses and Reese and Martinez both come back, and you've got Queen, Reese, Martinez. Uh, Kaiser, Deshaun Harris Smith is your starting five. That'd be that would be pretty nice. Wouldn't it? Still pretty young, still pretty young, but talented. Yeah, but that would be good. And I, and then, am I allowed to throw elbows at my message board experts? Who you know, I said a few times that Reese, if he has a big year, is gone, and just derided me over that for like months about how he's clearly nowhere near good enough. I mean, guys, freshman big men, unless you're a five star. Usually, you're going to have some flaws. You're not going to come in and dominate right away. But someone, someone in the chat, Dunce M, says that Hakeem still has his COVID year. Any chance he comes back? You never know. It's, Boy, that'd be nice, but you can't predict something like that at this point, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it's always unlikely. I mean, the many, whole team could come like back to, if you're doing that, right? Yeah. People like to daydream about that, but how many guys really do it? And it's more in football, I think, happens more than in basketball. So I, I wouldn't count on it, but you know, it's it would be huge if it happened. That guy and Dante Scott to come back, right? Bring back Reese, these freshmen, and then get Derek Queen. 
Yeah, Jameer can come back. He's got another year, right? You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pull out the old school reference. Hakeem reminds me of Rodney Elliott. Rodney Elliott came in completely unheralded and every year got better, better, better to the time when he was a senior, he was awesome. And he was never like an NBA level player, but he just got better every single year and became this like really great college player by the time he's senior. You know what? He could be an NBA prospect by the end of this year because he's not a big time scorer, but there's not, he has that package that they love the size and the deep versatility defensively. He can shoot a little He's efficient. He can handle the ball. So, you know, he's got the versatility that the NBA loves. It's funny because people killed him after his first year. He had that really ugly looking jump shot, kind of that push shot. He struggled. And, but you could tell he had a good feel for the game. He was just, he was super young. I think he was 17, maybe throughout his whole freshman year, really young um, and was still having a growth spurt and people wrote him off a little bit like they did with Daryl Morsell because his jumper, you know, he shot 12% as a freshman and people were killing him too. But you could see, if you watch closely, you could see he has the feel for the game. I mean, there's no, there, there might be better players on the team. Nobody on that team has a better feel for the game than Hakeem Hart. Yeah. A little bit of that, like Landon Milbourne four year stretch for him. Right. Like I think he's better than Milbourne, but you know, just kind of like nobody really expected him to be any good. And He's a pretty damn good basketball player now. Like he's a quality Big Ten basketball player, and his efficiency makes him different. Like he doesn't need the ball. Like he he yeah. will make his own shots on putbacks and on quick little feeds and things like that. You don't have to feel like you need to give him 10, 12 shots a game. He doesn't need that. He doesn't want that. And you know, that's the type of guy you win with. And that's I don't know, man. It it I'm not at the point where I'm starting to dream, but it just it it does. Early signs are quite good, man. It, it's spots. I bet I haven't looked at advanced stats. I guarantee you his efficiency rating has to be through the roof. He, like I said, he gets those cutting baskets a couple times a game. Mm-hmm. He's gotten really good at the quick poke away steal, race up court, and then he's really good at different steppers and different moves to extend the ball so nobody can bother his shot. So he never misses on those breakaways unless he's fouled. You know, he's got – you can tell he's put in a ton of work on that too, so. He should have finished a little stronger that one yesterday. I will say that. Now, just because it's that it was that exact scenario and he kind of did that big, long, loopy thing instead of going strong, I was a bit disappointed in that, but he made his foul shots, so it's okay. No, but I'm looking at Torvik where they rank all of the Big Ten players. Scott is ninth. Hart is 10th and Reese is 11th. So you have three of the top 11 players in the Big Ten. In terms of efficiency? He calls it something like poor Pogatu or something like that. It's this whole crazy rating. Yeah, that's it's what he calls it. Luck? Does he call it luck? No, no. (laughs) So Larry, who's the who's the better stat nerd between him and Ken Palm? Who's who's the man in your Ken Palm obviously has a way higher profile, but yeah, I I don't know which one's better, to be honest with you. I haven't analyzed their formulas. No no spreadsheets or algorithms to no, I mean, if you remember back in the day, UM Terp used to have his formula that he used to put up for the AC, for the entire ACC. Yep. Yeah. And then there became no need for that once these big sites sort of took over and like did it all for yeah. him and for everybody else. But um, yeah. Shout out to Phil. Work. Good people. Yep. Phil's very good. We played a lot of poker together, Phil and I. 
He's very good. Very hey, good. can I can I give one more shout out? We we make fun of the uh, of the OWGs all the time, but like the god is Stan uh, Goldstein, who who was the one who had that heart attack uh, at the at the away game last year. I forget which weird Midwestern state it was, but he was there today on TV and rooting him on from the front row, as we all expect. And I'm just happy to see that because he's one of the he's one of the greats. So shout out to Stan. Stay healthy, big man. Nice. I'm trying to figure out on Ken Palm their ratings, and uh, I'm trying to do it while we're on the air, so I'm not <laughs> navigating it very well. Um, but yeah, we so, talking we talking football or no? Uh, I mean, they made a game of it. No one, no one expected that. I mean, I thought that they would. I thought they performed better. I thought it was a spot where you rebound and two bad losses on the road, try to have backs against the wall thing, but I didn't, I didn't see them having a chance to win it late. That one failed drive. We got the stop. What was it? Five, six minutes left, whatever it was. Yeah. Just needed one scoring drive. They had scored touchdowns easily on both of their previous two drives. They'd gone 149 yards combined in like three minutes total or something like that. And then they just fizzled at the absolute worst time. The offsides on Cowan was big. Uh, so it's like, on one hand, like that's such a good result based on how things have gone recently and against Ohio State. But then it's also that tease for the fans of, are we ever going to pull one of these off? You know, like, what are they? What's the record against ranked Big Ten teams now? Owen. Owen 38. Something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of, you know, you can see both things. I mean, it's, it's, it's good for them. It's good for Loxley. And I think it's good in terms of, you know, we talked so much about fans and attendance last week because of the article by Emily in the Washington Post. And everybody says just win and winning is the biggest thing, but at least give, if you give people that kind of exciting experience, big game experience where they feel like they had a chance to win, they could be like, oh, man, an Ohio State game was crazy, then maybe they'll come back out next time. It wasn't a win, but at least it was an enjoyable experience. So, Since we're doing non-men's basketball, we'll cover the non-revs. Maryland women just beat Baylor, which is very good. I thought Wheels was going to pop out from behind you and be like, we the non-revs. <laughs> No, he, they're like on his phone or something. Like, hey, we'll say hi to the people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very good weekend, Maryland basketball. Dominant in two games. The football team almost, if they had pulled that off, would have been one of the best days in Maryland sports history. That's I mean, apart I from national championship play. days, right? Like, but yeah, yeah. Well. Is going to explode if they win this game after that basketball game earlier, knowing even in the fourth quarter when they had a chance to win, it was still 10% probably, but. Yeah. He gave it a good shot. Eventually one of those is going to go their way, but boy, that's, that's just frustrating. I, I just got invaded. (laughs) (laughs) I'm live right right now. Just so you know. Is is that our cue? (laughs) Well, my son's back from. Yeah. He's back home for Thanksgiving from college, so he didn't realize, and I just wanted to make sure he didn't say something. Like, Let's say hi. We've talked enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Everybody, do us a favor. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. Thank you for joining us after an amazing weekend for the basketball team and almost an amazing game for the football team as well. I don't know when we'll be back. Maybe sometime this week, though. It's Thanksgiving week, so this not me Thanksgiving show. I'm out of the country. So when do you leave? When do you leave? uh, Wednesday night, Wednesday to Monday. So I'll see y'all next week, maybe. Wednesday to Monday. That's it. Yeah, doing a quickie. Okay. All right. Say hi to to all the Scottish people for us. I will. I will make sure the Scottish people are aware that IMS Radio is on their side. Uh, Virginia just beat Illinois, by the way. Oh, there you go. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, by nine. It was very close. It was very close, and then they pulled away in that final, like, yeah. A a nine-point win for Virginia might as well be a 30-point win for anybody else, right? So that's (laughs) maybe Illinois isn't so good this year. I don't know. How good a coach is he, man? He's so good. He's Tony? Yeah. Tony? Wins with just unheralded guys. Just dudes? Yeah. Just plays that plays that defensive game, man. That's hard to watch, but, I mean, it gets it done, right? He's such a good coach. Oh, they, oh speaking of <laughs> – never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the TV now. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Please do, do us a favor. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. This is IMS Radio.